Welcome to the Guardians of the Spectrum podcast. In this episode, we talk about how our journey to our first child's diagnosis began and many of the challenges we experienced along the way. I hope you enjoy. You were asking earlier about uh, what did I first notice? Yeah. When did I first notice? How did I first notice? Yeah. Or get any inclination of uh, of something being off, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So uh, that was when, uh, for me, it was when uh, I noticed that he wasn't really looking at me, you know? Mm-hmm. There was like no connection there. How old was um, he? Probably like, uh, it was like at two years old. He he wasn't, that was when I noticed, okay, look, his attention is never really on us. Like, it's usually on other stuff. Like, mm-hmm. he had trouble, very, a lot of trouble with eye contact. Yeah, I feel like it started around you know? two, because when he was a baby, like, we'd play with him, and he'd giggle, and like, look yeah. at us oh, and yeah, stuff, that, but it was like, There, there was some sort of regression. Older. You're right, yeah, there was some sort because of Because remember, he'd said mama, too. Yeah, and in that video, that like, that's my happy moment video He's right there. Um, in that, uh, in that video, um, he just, he looks right at you and he says, mama, you know, but then, and he doesn't say mama, he goes, mama, all big, (laughs) like a big old cute little baby. (laughs) It was like the, the, the joy of both of our lives at that point. It was just him. Yeah. He was little. He was like 16 months, 18 months, maybe. Yeah. There was, there was definitely a lot of joy in that. And then, you know. Then there wasn't because it was like something was off. Um, yeah, we, we started, just felt it. We felt a regression yeah. in like his, um, in mm-hmm. his like development. Like he wasn't really engaging with us the way we would see other kids yeah. engage. And you know, people always say like, "Oh, don't, don't compare, don't, um, yeah. you know, your kids are gonna grow the way they're gonna grow." Yes, and everyone is different. But I, I think what we noticed something frustrated different. me the most was the the doctor saying, "Oh, he's just a oh, late bloomer." Yeah. I don't like that term. Oh, yeah. He's a late bloomer. He's not speaking at two years old. That's not a late bloomer. Yeah. You know? That was he's a... not looking at us. He's having night terrors. He's screaming on for hours on end, and we couldn't figure out what was going on with him. Yeah, and I guess, you know, in our situation, <clears throat> um, it wasn't it wasn't happening with... Uh, with wasn't happening with our. It wasn't with our happening oldest. with our little one, with our oldest, uh, all the time. You know, it was just happening in certain moments. You know, right, um, right. And it got progressively worse as he got older and his sorry, brothers were me. born. You know, and his brothers were born. Um, I think that's when we really started to notice the difference. Yeah, because he just had that like it, there was just that lack of connection. He wanted uh, nothing him. to do with yeah, them. Yeah, it almost felt like he didn't like them and was just kind of like mean to them. Be- because, but <laughs> as you think about it, like I look back on it now, I'm like, it makes total sense knowing he's autistic, because for the whole three years of his life or two and a half, um, it was him, and that was the routine. Yeah. Like everything. That he needed, he got rather quickly. It was a routine. We were in a system. He, you know, stayed with grandparents. Like, all of these places were familiar. And then you bring these two humans, not one, two, <laughs> into his house. And it just changes up the whole order of things. So no wonder he was so upset. Yeah, It seriously. makes sense now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it had to throw him off. And, you know, obviously it did throw him off because we just... We saw behaviors, I guess, increase. Um, Language decrease. Yeah, and uh, I mean, what kind of behavior, behaviors increased? He was like the flapping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean that. Yeah, I guess uh, I can. Yeah, that's, a lot one, of that's his, one thing that he did. He a lot did. of his coping mechanisms came up, like yeah. the lining up 
cars from one end of the house to the other. That was therapeutic to him. Yeah, I feel like he was maybe get frustrated more because, you know, he, of course, lost, like most children, lost our attention. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Which, again, was why we doubted ourselves the whole journey. Yeah. Because, like, it's our first child. Maybe, you know, this is how kids respond. But he didn't learn their names. It took him... Oh yeah, two and a half years to learn their names. Is it, that's and kind of another. That's kind of another. Like that literally is another tell that yeah. him is just that like a uh, lack of ability to um, for, look at the face and like be contact. able to identify mm-hmm. those things. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, that made him. Uh, that that's very tough for him. You know, so having twin brothers mm-hmm. who look identical, Especially you when really they were little. Ha- yeah, you have to like, <laughs> you know. You have to see those differences in their faces and stuff like that. And that means you have to take time looking at them. And a lot of it is social, right? So he struggles with social awareness. He still does. And a lot of the ways we told the twins apart was by the way they behaved. Yeah. Right? And so if he's not sure what's important, what's not, what to store in the memory and what to just ignore... It makes sense. But th- those were definitely some of the signs. He was just very withdrawn. He was very isolated. I'll never forget when we started him in preschool. How yeah. hard that was for him. Oh, yeah. That was so <clears throat> difficult. That was so difficult. Yeah. But that, you know, that was one of the those, like, little tells like that, um, especially in, in preschool, led us down that path of just deciding that we were going to, you know, ask for a specialist yeah, from support. our doctor, you know, yeah, instead support. of just... Uh, Saying, like, oh, he's a late bloomer. No, I want yeah. the assessment, please. And, you know, yeah. and it seemed like the path that they were going to eventually offer was some sort of speech therapy type of thing. Yeah, because you know. that's the one thing that they acknowledged much later was, like, oh, yeah, he's definitely speech delayed. Yeah. But what about all these other things? And then I just remember all the doubt we carried, even up until the day of the IEP meeting. Yeah, <clears throat> totally, totally. Yeah, there was, there was a lot of doubt. but And when we got... The uh, actual diagnosis from from our doctor, uh, there was just relief in knowing that we aren't crazy mm-hmm. and that there was something different that was happening, right? Um, and uh, something and, we weren't expecting. Yeah, yeah so. and that we would need help because we're not yeah. trained <laughs> to teach all of these things, right? None of us were ever taught about that. That's why there's professionals that exist. So yeah. that was helpful, but it was a really oh, such a difficult transition with him because he's our first one yeah and i think yes that journey was hard but it helped us with the twins we got them the early intervention they needed at 18 months which was great yeah um and i think that's why all three of them are so successful because it was still really early yeah um but i think a question that i get a lot from families is how do we even start that's what i was gonna ask you like Mm -hmm. what steps do you remember like uh when we were when we were there Yeah, so I think the first and the biggest step for us was acknowledging, like, it's okay to ask for help. (laughs) It's okay to go through this process because we talked ourselves out of it for a year. Yeah. We had concerns since Noah was 18 months and he wasn't fully in school, assessed all the things until he was three um, and three months. So that's the first thing is trust your gut. The second thing is there's two routes. So, like, if kids are under three, like the twins were, you would go through, like, the local regional center or your like local agency that supports um, families with disabilities. It depends region to region. So here where we are, they're called regional centers. Um, and then you would 
like submit your case and say like these are my concerns for my child it's usually really it's a lot smoother when they're under three because it's all the city or the the county um, that will take care of it and it's a lot of parent narrative it's like are they meeting these milestones the bar's a lot lower um, before they're three and so that's what we did with the twins Noah was denied services through the county because he was three and they were like that's the school district's problem Great, yeah. <laughs> but we were, we were so defeated. But actually, through that process, the the caseworker was like, "Let's actually assess the little ones," yeah. um, and they did, and they met a certain criteria, and that's when we got the what they call universal behavioral intervention, so UBI, and then that person comes in, um, often to your house, but things could change now because of COVID. But typically, you can um, qualify for in-home therapy, and and you remember all of that. Like our yeah. girls were amazing. Oh yeah, we had <laughs> we typically had great people in there. Yeah, with us. yeah, yeah. The majority of them the, were the, awesome. The first ones were like I think. <laughs> oh yeah, they made they made the largest impact, they and we had family. Yeah, and we had uh, one of them through till the end. Yeah, so. yeah. She came back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she like she couldn't believe the progress that one of our children had made. Yeah. But so that's a, a great place to start. And then you're provided a case service provider, which is a person, um, and they check in with you yearly. So say you get the services at 18 months, they'll check in with you again at two and a half years, and then they help you transition at three years old because that's when the services go to the school district. Yeah. And that's where we were stuck in the mud. I don't know if you remember that. We were getting like multiple... Um, like voices of what to do because Noah was oh, already yeah. three. Yeah. So we were like triple assessing him. Yeah. There and was so a like lot of the, extra that happened that. It was exhausting that, for our kid. Yeah, it was tough. And for us. And so something that we've both kind of talked about is how we don't want our, our like community to go through that. Definitely. Not. So if they are three or approaching their third birthday, you definitely want to go through your school district and, Um, there's some pretty standard federal guidelines. So like they have to respond to you, for example, within our district, it's 15 days. They claim like, we'll get back to you with your request within 15 days. And then the students should like within 60 days of that should be fully assessed and ready to have a a meeting, which is, um, you'll hear us say IEP a lot, individualized education plan. It's a document that tells us kind of you know, what your child needs, and then, you know, how we're going to get them to that place. Now, just because you request assessments and and a full kind of, like, um, plan for assessing your student doesn't mean that they're going to get services. But if you have a medical diagnosis, it helps. It helps a lot. So if you can do those things at the same time, like talk to your doctor and request assessments um, through the school district, it can help. Getting that diagnosis made like a, a huge difference for this and getting and getting <clears throat> steps done, but you don't need that to get things done. No. That is that's just Yeah. You know, and, I mean that, and the opposite, that provides a lot. That and provides the, help. Yeah, yeah, and the opposite is true too. Mm-hmm. Like even if you have a medical diagnosis, so someone close to us and our family has a medical diagnosis of autism, however, the school ruled that it didn't directly impact his education. Yeah. So that's not listed in his IEP yeah. as a as a need 
that the school needs to meet. So, you know, there's lots of stuff to go around. But I think in order to get started, if they're under three, go through the district or the um, the county, uh, go through your regional center um, or whatever they're called in your area. You can just Google like special education services um, for in, near me or something. Yeah. And they should come up. Um, we do have resources on the website too. Um, but if they're older than three or approaching three, you'll definitely want to go and like reach out to your school district. So enroll them wherever they're going to be in the district. Um, a lot of school districts have on their website guidelines for special education. So if you're feeling like you, your student might, or your, your child might need, you know, support and resources from the school, it should, most websites will walk you through it. Yeah. So... Yeah, skipping over skipping over the extra assessment is highly recommended. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with but, our with our twins, they were uh, they went through a massive assessment through the county, and it was like remember when we were in that room and they were being assessed by like five different oh, people yeah, at we the had same like a, time. We literally had like a whole team in there, of and like, they were like rotating like in and out. Half the staff was in there helping us. Yeah, and it was really cool because the kids didn't know that's what was happening. Yeah. They were little; they're they babies. Were just, it was just playtime. It was, play it was literally assessment through play and yeah. like related. Yeah, that's why we really we preach often to anyone that will listen. Early intervention is key. Yeah, listen to your gut. If you are a first time parent or a fifth time parent, it doesn't matter. Listen to your gut. If you feel like your stu- your child is not engaging with you like you think they should, talk to your doctor. You yeah. know, talk to your doctor. Reach out to the local agencies if you're kid is not meeting those milestones and and just get that ball rolling yeah and i just want to say there should be no like like shame in any of that yes there should be no shame at all in any of that i you know i grew up in a world where there was a lot of a lot of that that uh that went along with you know seeking out help and having you know you know some sort any kind of disability or anything Mm -hmm. like that you know any kind of neuro neurodiverse type mm-hmm. of uh, yeah. thing going on with you. Yeah. But yeah and a it. lot of times, um, for some that may not know, I, work, I worked for a long time in middle school, and a lot of times we'd get families with their middle schoolers with a similar mindset of, like, needing help is a, a show of weakness. Yeah. And yet, actually, <laughs> it's actually a show of strength because you're realizing that you need others to support you and your child. So, you know. Yeah. The goal should be just getting your kid where they need what, to be and what they need, no yeah. matter what it takes. You know. Yeah. So it's uh, if it, if it takes you know, getting assessments and getting extra, having to get extra help, yeah. then so be it. That's so just be that's, it. Yeah. that's what it has to and be. And that's you know? why it exists. And there's hundreds of thousands of families that receive services every day. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. across the country. So and who knows what it looks like across the world? I'm not going to make up numbers. I'm not an armchair expert, but lots of people. Um, and and really, like, our boys were so excited. Two of them now are fully mainstream. Yeah. Because we started really early. And that what that means is that they are receiving supports that they need, but they're in a general education classroom with yeah. their general education peers, and they're learning, and they're playing, and they're being social. Yeah. It's not perfect. It's not totally easy all the time, but that's where they are, and they're thriving. Yeah. They're making their way. 
Mm-hmm. So they've come a long way. <laughs> yeah. But we, t- I, we find us talking about this all the time, how hard it was to get started. Yeah, yeah. it was definitely... Like there's the internal struggle of, like, are we being oversensitive? Are we being critical of just what parenting is? Yeah. I think is was my biggest internal struggle. Yeah. I mean, there's no handbook on it. You know, they you don't really get a... I mean... <laughs> and if they uh, do, it's ho- in a bunch of jargon. <laughs> I was going to say... Ho- well, I guess you did have home ec once upon a time, you know what I mean? Or <laughs> you have to take care of the wibble, but... <laughs> yeah, no, but even the handbooks that they do have, once you do get services, are so convoluted. Yeah. They have all these acronyms and big language, and it's just... When you've got three little toddlers running around, you don't have time to deeply dive into a dissertation. That's what yeah. it feels like. Like, you're reading some, like, collegiate document... I'm like, yeah. I don't have time for that right now. <laughs> Just tell me what I need to do. Step one, two, three, four. So oftentimes I found myself like frustrated with the process because it's not set up to be easy. It isn't. And, you know, just build another piece of advice. I wish we we sort of had a community, but now we definitely do um, yeah. after being in this life for six and a half years, um, almost seven. So, yeah, surround yourself with people who can help you. That's also very helpful. Yeah, like, definitely. Don't isolate yourself. It oof. can be very isolating. It's easy to do. And uh, mm-hmm. we do it on our, we do it on our own. And you know, sometimes it's done to us. But um, yeah, don't if you find yourself yeah being isol feeling isolated, <laughs> go seek out yeah resources find and your people. Village. Yeah, find your village. We find even the have community. a community board on our website too. We can just talk about different topics and yeah, that is the that's something we really gotta start leaning into and just you know getting an online community for sure yeah community chat going and because it was so nice i got to spend some time with another special needs mom today and we're talking about starting the process and it was really it's just really cool to to hear and to talk about it with another parent that gets it it's like she would share a story and i'd be like wow i have a story very similar to that about zippers and jackets you know um, and we could share resources like her kiddo is struggling with brushing teeth like ours do. And so I yeah. shared a resource about an, a fun app that we use. So it's really, it might just be coffee and an hour of conversation, but it really can, can fill the soul. And if we can help each other move through this process, even better. Because I'm a firm believer that the, the county is so overworked and overwhelmed that it's hard for them to fully, um, you know help everyone the way they would want to. It's a nice way of putting it. They're just very overworked. Yeah, and so in terms of, like, this is a lot, so you can rewind and listen to it as often as you'd like, but we'll also have a document up, too, to, like, give you some guidance. We have email templates, so you can reach out to your district if you want to start services. Um, Local regencies, um, we can continue to expand that based on state, like, where you would go. Um, but for now, most of the resources are California based because that's where we are. Um, but yeah, so just take it one step at a time. It's overwhelming. Um, we also offer consultations. So like if you're really truly not sure where to start, you can always sign up for a consultation. It's free. Gratis. Um, It's free, 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 free. (laughs) Um, and we enjoy talking with everyone too. Like we enjoy, supporting and listening and making the journey for you easier because it was really difficult for us and we both swore to each other if we can help other people not go through this (laughs) the way we did then it's a success yeah or if you know anyone that you feel 
could benefit from listening, mm-hmm. share it, please. And just please subscribe to our podcast because we'll have more helpful tips for you. Thank you for listening to this episode. You can find more info about autism, links to all our social media accounts, as well as more of our podcasts at guardiansofthespectrum.org. We'll see you next time.